Hello. Hello, everyone. Oh, my gosh. We're back again. We're back again. In the middle of a holiday weekend. Is it? Happy Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday. Oh, that's right. I know. I didn't realize that until like halfway through my work day on Friday. And so this was a great surprise three-day weekend for me. That's because usually Monday holidays are hell for me, like at working at a restaurant. But this is a holiday that isn't usually hell because like only like half of offices... Like have off for it exactly. Yeah, so it's not. I'm not as inundated with people who are like, "Ooh, it's a three right. day weekend. Like, let's go get a burger." Right. Yeah. So, so I think it should be fine for you, and it'll be great for me. And uh, I am excited because it's like I have things on the calendar coming up. Like I have a couple of days off when we go to Austin. I'm taking the Friday after Thanksgiving. You're going to Austin. I'm going to Austin because uh, Jack's going to be on a podcast panel at the Austin Film Festival that weekend, and so I'll be there in the audience, like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls, just like filming and being like, "You're doing great, sweetie." <laughs> like yes. Pushing people's heads out of the way, just being like, move, move. Exactly. So you're going to see a lot of annoying reels from me that weekend. But then uh, the Thanksgiving's coming up, and then I just got my tickets for the holidays, going to a friend's bachelorette in November, then her wedding in December. But even, So I need it, and this weekend has been very much a lot of nothing, which is like, I love that. I love a weekend and a break that's not like jam-packed with shit to do. You know? It's good. I love that for I me. work every single day, every single weekend. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Two Game Mats, the podcast. Look, you have the week to rest. Do I rest, this, though? I also work during the week. But not every day. Not every day. Hey, count our blessings. Glass half full. Happy long weekend. <laughs> I'm tired. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. And it's Matt Palmer. And we are back for another week. Matt Palmer, how was your week? Besides buying plane tickets, which is always stressful for me. It was stressful. And it's also like I'm spending so much money at once. And there's no way around it because Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, there's I have to fly to these places. I have to fly home. I have to fly to Vegas for this bachelor party. Uh, it's fine, yeah. but it's like the act of doing it is like, oh, well, there goes that money I used to have. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it, so that is always a bit of a heartbreaker. But um, otherwise, my weekend was very low key. On Friday, Jackson and I uh, walked to a restaurant called the Morrison, which is close to where we live. Had a nice meal there. On Saturday, Janie and I went to see Oklahoma. Um which is touring, and one of Janie's uh, friends is in it, and she did an incredible job. Uh, I don't remember her character's name, but she was incredible. Gertie? Maybe Gertie. It's Gertie. Gertie? The, the funny girl with the laugh. Yes, yes great laugh. Gertie. Gertie. Yes. Beautiful Gertie she was. Um, I'm not an Oklahoma person in general. I am, so tell me about it. <laughs> it's very bare bones. There's one set. It's oh, like, yes. It's it's considered sexy Oklahoma. You could, it, was this production sexy? I could tell they were going for sexy. It's very <laughs> much like the lighting is doing a lot. So it's okay. like in the beginning when Curly and um, Lori are like fighting, but like it's supposed to be tension. They just would like push them really close together. What do you mean push them really close together? Like they somehow wind up looking at each other like they're about to kiss mid-fight. Then like the lights would get really dim and low and it's like, oh, does this mean this is sexual tension that you're like (laughs) very obviously plainly showing me with the light? So most of the like effects and the things you were supposed to feel were because of the lights because the set didn't change. Everyone was just kind of on stage whether they were in the scene or not. And it's a a very small cast. Yes, and the whole cast is on stage and then there's like, oh, Someone's walking in and then they they just start moving as if they were frozen before and then they start moving through the world. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and so then there's like a moment where we bring a video camera out and we're it's like a mixed media moment where we're looking in Jed's face while it's projected across it's projected. the screen. Okay. There were a lot of big swings. 
Uh, I, as a person who doesn't know Oklahoma, it wasn't for me. Okay. But I think there was a lot of the actors. The thing is, the actors themselves were all fantastic, especially mm. the Lori. She had such a beautiful voice. So nothing to take away from the actors and performers and, you know, the orchestra people who were on stage, of course. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like, does everything need to be stripped down and like bare bones and like sexy and like, like it's like, why was I scared at the end of the show? Why <laughs> were people's faces covered in blood mm-hmm. and angry grimaces while we're singing Oklahoma title track? Okay. Like, what is this? Yeah, I, I have not seen this production of Oklahoma, so I can't comment on, like, the specifics of it. But I am a Rodgers and Hammerstein head, as you all know. Like, so Oklahoma is very beloved to me. Mm. And so um, when I see a bunch of stuff from this production, I'm kind of like, oh, this feels interesting. I like this. I like this. But then I hear about other things like all the blood and like, we have to make it dark. We have to make it dark. We have to make it dark. And Mm. I'm kind of like, oh, was this like the author's intention? Like, I don't want to comment on this production of Oklahoma, but Mm. I think something that bothers me a little bit sometimes with theatrical productions that are like reinventions of old shows and everything is like, Especially if it's a comedy, like a musical comedy or something like that. It's like, oh, well, in order to give it more dimension, we have to make it dark. And Mm. it's like, no, 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 no. Like the show has so much dimension already. Like the characters are so well written. Everything is so well written that like you don't need to make it dark to make it meaningful. But but I mean, maybe I will end up catching this production of Oklahoma and I will completely disagree with everything you said. That could happen. The thing is, I had heard mixed things from people and I was thinking, oh, well, maybe they're just like. Oklahoma people who grew up with it and love mm-hmm. it in this certain iteration. I'm not that. And even for me, it was like, is this part like, is Jed supposed to be like an incel Javert? Cause that was, yeah, okay, is. great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, if that came across, then they okay, did well, a good job. If that was the goal, then it happened. And that's what I was watching. <laughs> an incel Javert. That's what it was. I love that explanation for Jed. Um, so we did that. And then last night we played a little Zelda, which was fun. And then today we spent the day, uh, we went going to different plant nurseries cause we have all of these little, uh, basically pots and holders for little succulents around an apartment that have just been empty for almost a year now. And so we've decided to fill them up, buy some more plants for inside. I'm hopeful that we don't kill them immediately because, you know, if I could make every plant fake, I would. But, yes, you know, my partner is not me. And if, so. if your <laughs> child is a plant, don't let Matt Palmer babysit. <laughs> he can take oh. care of a turtle. He can take I, care oh, of a turtle. The turtle? The turtle. We got along great. The turtle thrived Absolutely. when it was visiting your home. Absolutely. But a plant? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Okay, so Matt Steele, yes. how was your week? My week was very good. Yeah. I went to the cinema a couple times, oh. which we will talk about. Yes. Uh, Wednesday, I hung out with my friend Lauren, which was very fun. We went to my my favorite restaurant. Oh, how is Lauren? Neighborhood. Lauren's doing very well. Good. She's uh, teaching uh, college. She's teaching um, uh, uh, public speaking in uh, Pepperdine at nice. Pepperdine University. So she's having a lot of fun with that, and it's easy for her to get to um, like the West Side now, like after work and everything. She can just go down that PCH and. Everything. Everything. Yep. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun with her, and she's probably listening to the podcast. So hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Um, uh, oh God, what else did I do this week? I can't think of a one except I worked a lot and went to the movies and All had right. a nice time. I think that's great. Every single time. So wait, should we dive into the news radius? Let's dive in because I feel like we have a lot of news stories. We have some. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we've got some. Okay, we've got some. Okay, let me go to the first one, which is about. Billy Eichner reacting online to the disappointing uh, box office numbers that came out of Bro's first week, or first weekend, excuse me, straight people just didn't show up is the poll quote. Um, let me see if I can get the full quotes. I just want to start off by saying the Bro's discourse has enveloped my entire oh, week and a half. It's 
it's exhausting yeah. and I wish it would die down. And I will discuss it mm-hmm. in the tweet thread he wrote. Last night, I snuck in and sat in the back of a sold-out theater playing Bros in L.A. The audience howled with laughter start to finish, burst into applause at the end, and some were wiping away tears as they walked out. It was truly magical, really. I'm very proud of this movie. Even with glowing reviews, great Rotten Tomato scores, a cinema score, etc., straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just didn't show up for Bros. And it's that's disappointing, but it is what it is. I think he goes on and on and on. And okay. I have a lot of feelings about this. First, no matter the reaction to this movie, no matter the box office numbers, I think it's hilarious. And wait, had you talked to the people since you saw the film? I have not talked to the people. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was quick. I thought it was romantic. I it, I was in love with it. How did you feel about the movie? Uh, I was going to save this for giving me moments, oh, but, I might as, but I might as well give it my giving me moments now yes. and talk about the other movie I saw as my okay. giving me moments. But one of my giving me moments this week was 1000% bros. I right. was not, even though I love Billy Eichner and I think he's hilarious, I was not expecting to laugh as consistently through the movie as I was. That's the, the thing. The movie is hilarious yes. and filled with such humor that is, that I've never seen on screen before that felt so relatable. Even if I hadn't, hadn't been in many of the situations that were happening in bros, I, I knew of people and of people who have been in those situations and I, I, I just felt like I could relate to it so much not just in its humor but also in its serious moments as well that monologue that oh. Billy Eichner gives about like being a young gay boy and being told in musical theater school to butch it up and everything I mean like, I told you this privately but publicly when he began the speech I was like oh Matt Steele uh, right? <laughs> he's gone through a that lot was, that was for me it was and it just and him being told he's too uh, abrasive and everything I like was just so relatable and such a perspective that I had never seen on the big screen before. So it was so wonderful to see. Absolutely hilarious. I am thrilled that Michelle Williams has moved from uh, campaigning for supporting actress for the Fablemans to Uh. leading actress because that opens the door for the best supporting actress performance of the year. And that was Deborah Messing as herself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she counts as a supporting actress in Bros. <laughs> She's a supporting actress contender to me. That was a performance. That was a great. I, I mean, so spoiler funny. alert, great cameo. Great yes, cameo. Great so cameo. funny. Um, I Okay, so the movie for me off the table, it is in my opinion good and something you should say. I agree with the people that are annoyed with this specific tweet thread from Billy Eichner. I understand we all take News of, you know, less favorable things happening to us differently. I think what he's doing now and just like kind of liking positive people tweeting about bros and like saying like, oh, my God, it's still out. I hope you see it. It's really something I think you're going to like kind of saying, okay, well, straight people didn't show up or if the gay people, you know, hate what's on the screen for them. It you the whole marketing around this movie, I feel like has been like this is historic you know this is the first gay rom-com if you don't see this then you're against gay people and I think that is the issue and it's like no one wants to see a film because it feels like it's homework Mm. and so if that's the reason people didn't see it I completely get that I understand that I don't begrudge them that I would urge them to see it because I did enjoy it but I think things are should be allowed to be like oh this didn't do as well as possible but it's still lovely and I'm sure it'll find its home on streaming or wherever it ends up um, but I also feel on the other side of the coin, 
there is a certain gleefulness that a lot of queer people have in this movie flopping and being like, see, I never liked him. I knew he was a flop. I can't wait till we're being held at gunpoint and told we have to see bros or we're going to die. Just like there are so many queer commentators, queer Twitter users who are so excited to see this movie fail that it truly was giving me glitter. Like it was like when Mariah failed with glitter and how it was the punchline of every joke for like months. I'm like, what makes you so happy about this? Mm-hmm. That is where I'm losing the plot. Because it makes people feel smart when they want to be like cynical about stuff. Like it actively does. Mm-hmm. Like and the people who are just so angry at Billy Eichner for for just like existing and they're just like oh I never see all of you always liked him but I never did because in their heads they want to feel like they know better mm. I'm putting that in quotes and it's just so obnoxious like the, and the thing I have to say about that is you want to know who Billy Eichner was playing in the movie all of you <laughs> oh Jesus Christ Billy Eichner in this movie Plays and not just in this movie, the character that Billy Eichner has created for himself is just that opinionated homosexual who wants to shout into the streets in people's faces. We're not talking about Deborah Messing enough. Like the (laughs) the the gays with the real loud opinions, and all they want to do is express them. Yeah, and that is why he is so funny because a it's ridiculous how extreme he goes with it, but b because I can relate to it (laughs) because we can relate to it. Because it is right. so like all the people who just love screaming about how they cannot stand it, how Billy Agner is so annoying and everything. The fact that you are so ex- eager to express this opinion so vehemently just proves that you are this character he is playing in bros. You are the character he created for himself as his comedy bit. And, and I kind of think it's just so weird that. People say like, oh, well, Billy Eichner, he's not likable enough to be in a romantic comedy. And Mm. it's like, do you not know the plots of most romantic comedies? All the plots of romantic comedies include like either the guy or the girl or both are like an unlikable like character. And then they loosen up and soften up and everything. And and it's just weird that you're using that as an argument when it's just not true. (laughs) And I don't know like what I saw in Billy Eichner. I thought it was such a refreshing character to see on the big screen. It felt like especially in a romantic comedy where Mm. you're used to seeing like a certain type of person seeing someone who is a little like eccentric and and uh abrasive and like a little nerdy about like the things that he loves and everything it kind of felt like 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 in annie hall like woody allen was not like a typical romantic comedy leading man but like he made it work and created a whole thing like Billy Eichner was that to me in the movie. And that's why I loved seeing it. It was something different. And you mean to say you don't want to see something different on screen? It's just there are many reasons this movie failed. And like, obviously, there are no huge big name like movie stars, A-listers. It's a rom-com. Rom-coms historically in the past several years have not been doing well. Comedies in general. Right. Yeah. So it's I think it's just like, okay, it didn't do well, but we don't need to add to this discourse and pile on about a movie that's actually good. That's actually great. That is the the issue for me is like, even if you don't feel like seeing it in theaters, if you wind up seeing it at home, you are probably going to be pleasantly surprised because it's well made. It's very funny and you should see it. I do think Billy should continue to not speak. (laughs) I think that's enough. We've heard a lot from him leading up to this. No more Twitter threads. I just think he needs to disengage to get all of this to die down. But I do want us all to look a little inward when we're doing that so publicly and excitedly celebrating someone's failure and being like, why am I doing this? Exactly. Because I don't get it. Well, yeah, but the thing is, like, in a way, I do... 
I, hey, Billy Eigner, like, I have been there. I have put out, like, a movie that I really want people to see. And so I always want to verbalize how much I want people to see it. Like, yeah. I, w- I will be on my deathbed being like, Devo's available now <laughs> because it means so much to me. Yeah. And I put it out there and I want people to see it. So Absolutely. I will do whatever I can. So, so I can relate to him in that sort of way. Just one, the, the urge to get people to see it. And yeah. honestly, like, like him and like Guy Branham and everything, like, I give them credit for not being afraid to give their opinions right? and being so verbal about how they feel about the situation and how frustrated they are as artists because they've been working as artists for a long time and they've had to go through a lot of shit. Like we are gay artists ourselves and we have to go through a lot of it's shit. It's true. And so it's very frustrating. So I, on one end, I do understand why people don't like that. But on the other end, it's like, well, you know what? He's honest and I applaud him for his honesty. I, I thought Guy Branham's tweet thread was less pointing fingers than Billy's was. I, and I also feel like, as I say every week, send yourself an email. <laughs> <laughs> no, but see, also, I found the Billy Eichner tweet to like kind of be like, kind of humorous as well. Like kind of like, oh, if you're not a homophobic weirdo. Like, right. Kind of like but that I, but people are so excited. Like the temperature of the room was not ready for him to be funny about this. Like people sure. were so excited that it didn't do well and were ready to hate him and he kind of gave him some hate. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And all I just hope is that gay artists are not discouraged from making their stuff. Yeah, Like no matter what flops and what doesn't flop, always, always put the stuff that you make out there. Because the thing with bros, like, it could do extremely well as the weeks build up. Like, there's been so much press around the, the movie now that, like, I know. there's all this discourse and everything. And then when it's on streaming, it could totally find an audience. Like, the audience for bros is honestly, like, a streaming watching audience. Know. <laughs> you know? As much as, like, he didn't want that. <laughs> you know, exactly. And as much as I don't want that, like, it is. So I have no doubt it'll find success in streaming. And as the years go on, like, I sent you and the people in the Discord that video of, um, those baseball players singing, dancing on my own in a mm, locker room. Yeah. And I was just and I was just like, see, like, just give something a decade and the straights <laughs> will discover it. I can't wait till Bros is the biggest movie of 2032. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be Your time is else. coming, Billy. Oh my gosh. Well, in more positive news, our president did something great. Yes, again. <laughs> again, President Biden pardons all prior federal convictions for simple marijuana possession, including under D.C. law. Also directs that states do the same and asks uh, HHS and HG to uh, and AG to review how marijuana is scheduled under the federal law. Because right now it's scheduled on the same level as heroin, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that has felt so much like this is wrong. So many people are making money on the cannabis industry these days and there are still so many people in prison, in jail for just possession of marijuana. Like, why is that not going away? And instead of everyone just like thinking about it and talking about it, President Biden did something about it. I feel like earlier on in his term, a lot of people were complaining that the things that he felt they felt he promised or that they dreamed that he would do, he wasn't doing. But I feel like leading up to the midterms, he has done so much to get people back on board, to get people excited, to get people to the polls. So I hope you all are registered and planning on voting in the midterms because they're coming up. Yes, I'm. I'm thrilled, and I'm. I'm thrilled that like. I think a lot of people like wanted all of this stuff to happen like immediately. And it's like, no, I want a president who works out the details Mm. first. And so even though it was frustrating that, you know, it took some time, it didn't take that much time. (laughs) Like he's not even two years into his presidency, but like, 
But like, I want someone who goes through all the fine details and does their due diligence to make sure that this works. And the, I think this is such a great um, thing that he did because there wasn't. I don't. I think there wasn't anyone like in in prison currently, like federally, okay. for marijuana possession. But like, people had records, mm. and they ha- would have a hard time finding jobs right. or finding housing because of that. And so that completely like eliminates that like burden and struggle for them, which is amazing. Absolutely. So we love good news. Kamala told us, and I completely agree. And since we're talking about politics, (laughs) (laughs) I guess we need to talk about Christian Walker and Herschel Walker and the family feud that has begun on the internet, because that is what our like national discourse is now about Uh actually could be elected officials. Republican Herschel Walker, who is a retired football player uh, and has no political history, of course, uh, is in the hot seat as he is going up against the incumbent uh, Democrat and Senator Reverend Ralphon Warnock in Georgia. Uh, Herschel has said that he is for uh, a complete ban on abortion Mm -hmm. in Georgia. And this story has come out that he actually paid for a woman to get an abortion of his child, you know, an abortion of in pregnancy that he caused (laughs) in Mm -hmm. in his past. He did not confirm or deny this. And then this awful child, which by the way, no matter if he does something good, Christian Mulker's a piece of shit. (laughs) This child is a TikToker, a conservative TikToker who has truly done nothing to accept, make the world worse until a couple of tweets, which were great, in which he says every family member of Herschel Walker asked him not to run for office because we all knew some of his past. Every single one, he decided to give us the middle finger and air out all of his dirty laundry in public while simultaneously lying about it. I'm done. Uh, you have four kids that we know of, and you weren't in the house raising one of them. You were out cheating and lying. If you loved your kids, you'd be raising them instead of running for a Senate race to boost your ego. I mean, the the funny thing about this is, like, Christian Walker's huge, like, thing that he's constantly talking about on his, like, little TikTokies or whatever he right. does, um, is, like, about the the family man, the father needs to be at home Ugh. and everything, and you, like, losers who aren't at home and everything, and it's kind of just like, oh, damn, are you describing like, your own father? <laughs> like, ugh. And before he tweeted this, those videos were out, and, like, these stories kept coming out about, like, all of the children that Herschel Walker had fathered uh-huh. and not been around for. And I was like, wait, Chris, like, I don't see what's the disconnect. Exactly. So the fact that he is from, basically, the calls coming from inside the house. Like, he is telling us what we already knew, but then all of the MAGA people are in his comments just being like, please, Christian, wait till the election. Please. And it's like, you losers, you know, it's like, you would rather put your money, your resources, your hope into this man who knows literally nothing, who is nothing like the man that he presents himself to be, who does everything that he says that he is against. You'd rather this liar, this crook, this criminal, this man who probably has mental issues from the NFL to be in office just to get your horrible deeds done. Like, it makes me truly sick. And I mean, the amazing thing about this is, like, first it came out that, like, he paid for a woman's abortion and then they showed, like, the uh, receipts and the card like get well soon card that he sent this mm. woman and Herschel Walker was like I don't know this woman I've never met her in my life and then they were like oh wait there's one more bit of news the <laughs> woman accusing you of this is actually the mother of one of your many children it's Iconic. like I love how they held off on that bit of information because they knew he was gonna say I've never met this woman and then suddenly they were like oh wait actually but you did she's the mother of one of your it's children just like why lie like it's all this shit is 
in the public record. Like, do you think people aren't going to find out all the skeletons in your closet when you get on such a public platform? Well, and it's just so mind blowing the fact that the Republicans would like pick him as their candidate, as like they what they think is like their golden candidate to win back the Senate in see in from Georgia, like because. I think they they were just banking on like, oh, well, he's a football player. Yeah. He's a football player. So maybe people will want to vote for the celebrity again. Right. And and the fact that he's also African-American. Yeah, so they're probably like, like, oh, maybe he'll siphon off like votes from Reverend no. Warnock and everything. And she's like, but the the things that Herschel Walker has said. He's a full like, idiot. He's like, gr- like girl. <laughs> like, like, I don't even know how you like function in the NFL, let alone function can could function like running the government. Like, like no, no, absolutely not. And the the polls for the Georgia Senate race have yeah. just been. They were always like not great for him, but yeah. like, and lately they started going up a little they bit. But did. Lately, in the past like two days. The, the latest poll I saw online, Reverend Warnock had a 12-point yes! lead in a poll, which yes. does not happen right. in the state of Georgia. Like a 12-point lead thrills me. is insane. I want I want them to fucking have to vote today. I want it to stay 12 <laughs> points. Like, I mean, I that's why it. That's why in politics, they always love an October surprise. Hello? But honestly, like this should be called an October totally not surprising at all. <laughs> I know, exactly. Is anyone surprised by this? This sounds like exactly what would happen. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Um. So Beyonce has released visuals for, for a commercial. And, <laughs> and it's like, okay. <laughs> The Tiffany ad's good. Like, it's black and white. It's cool seeing her, like, sing some of the lyrics from Summer Renaissance. She looks great. But it's just, like, we've been waiting so long for these visuals. It was July. It was July when the album came out. And I mean, that feels like yesterday. But then I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is October. Time goes by so fast. But... Uh, yeah, like, uh, okay, look, okay. look, much like Joe Biden's policies and everything, it's like, I would love for the visuals, t- for you to take your time a little bit, for the visuals to be perfect. I don't want that. As opposed to getting maybe some flawed visuals. Honestly, so, if I could choose, she would have put, like, I would, and I hate even saying this or thinking it, but like, I would have waited for her to put the album out until she knew the visuals were 100% locked and loaded. You know I'm, sure, I mean? I'm sure she would too. <laughs> I'm sure she would too. That's the thing is at this point, and you know, I always love to trust Beyonce. I think she has the best course of action in mind, but I also feel like this could not have been the plan. Like the fact that we waited this long, the fact that there have been multiple viral singles off this album and there's no visuals is, it's got to be frustrating for her. Yeah. Like what's, what's happening? Do you think maybe like, you know, if this wasn't part of the plan, she was like, okay, okay. Like things are going awry and everything, but now that we have time and since we, I made the people wait, maybe I'll add a little extra more to the visuals to make it more exciting. I could see her doing a little more for it and I'm excited to see what's happening. One of those, um, you know, Beyonce Twitter sites that I follow that's like oh we're leaking information it's real I swear and I'm like I don't know if it's real or not but it makes me excited has been posting as if things are really coming soon like as of next week so we'll see but I I want them now it's been it's been we've waited long enough right we have waited long enough the ad's cute the ad is very cute cute. the great thing is like we have the teaser for the visuals and it's phenomenal yes like utterly those visuals look so and the fucking i can't i can't i can't talk i can't even look at it anymore though because i'm like i don't know when they're coming have you just watched it a million times i'd watched (laughs) it when i thought it was coming soon but then when it was 
I knew wasn't coming soon, I stopped watching it. Because I was like, no, I'm, I'll just make myself upset. <laughs> well, I don't want to make myself upset today. Uh, congratulations are in order to Scooby-Doo's Velma. She's officially a lesbian. I love that. Good for her. She has come out in Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo. She meets uh, a character named Coco Diablo, who's very sexy. And she gets, you know, a little, you know, red in the cheeks. You know, just a little, has a big crush. I love, Coco, I love that. I love. I love that she said. Like Velma deserves the sexiest. Of oh women, my god! She works the hardest out of all. Of she that does. Scooby-Doo gang. She's the glue. Yeah. Um. Did you see that Lena Dunham tweet? That was weird, huh? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just if you haven't seen it, when I go, I want my casket to be driven through the NYC Pride Parade with a plaque that reads, "She wasn't for everyone, but she was for us." Who can arrange? And speaking of reading the temperature of the room. <laughs> Like, it's just like Lena. I feel like so often she makes a tweet that people quote retweet to death. And it's like, are is she doing it on purpose? Like, is this on purpose? If it is, it's good for you. I That's mean, smart. Like, the thing, I found this tweet to be so random and like kind of funny <laughs> and like how <laughs> random it was. So it's kind of like, you know, a girl, if you're doing this, get retweets. Good for you. I do find it weird how people just get so angry at her. Yeah, people do get mad. It's just like, I think y'all need to calm down. You're turning into, you know, Billy Eichner's character in bros. <laughs> it's also like, it's been so long. Like, and not to say she's not, I'm sure she's writing and working, but she's not like, girls as an honor every week like it's not like she's the top of the zeitgeist like why are, are we still that are we holding on to that anger that hard yeah like their their minds are still on her and it's like man i wish someone thought about me this much <laughs> i'm sure someone does yeah mrs steel does uh you did you watch the teaser uh trailer for netflix's falling for christmas i didn't know there was a teaser i knew there was a poster no there's a trailer it's uh. the new Lindsay lowen comeback feature coming to netflix uh co-starring cord overstreet from glee even though his name is not mentioned on the poster which i find a little rude it's like we, we've whose heard names of- are mentioned on the poster Lindsay Lohan. Is it just Lindsay Lohan? <laughs> yes. Lindsay Lohan is. Yes. Falling for Christmas. <laughs> and so it was released um, on October 3rd for Mean Girls Day. I think Netflix also pulled Mean Girls from Netflix on that day, which is a little rude. Okay. Uh, but I will say the movie looks cute. I am a sucker for a Christmas nonsense. Yeah. But there were moments during the trailer where I was like, that was a good line read. <laughs> which I did not feel. What was the thing she did that we watched where she was being like, Elizabeth Taylor or something? uh, Liz and Dick. Woo! That was horrible. That's a film, baby. That's cinema. So it was nice to see her back in her element, back amongst the snow. The the video, video, the film, I'm sure will be lovely and Christmas themed. And now that I don't have 12 dates of Christmas to rewatch since Mm. it got pulled rudely from HBO Max. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I go through so much. I mean, think about it. I'm thrilled for her. She's always been like a very winning actress. Like she's like on her game and everything. So I'm excited for her. I'm excited. too. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Are there more news for idiots we need to talk about? Um, I saw the. Oh, well, Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope turned 25. There's a new deluxe edition on Spotify. You all should stream it. Happy 25th. Happy 25th. Hocus Pocus 2 is apparently breaking Disney Plus records, the biggest movie debut ever for Disney Plus. So suck at Hamilton, I guess. I mean, oh, geez. And that's like incredible. I, I know. The thing is, I wonder how it would have done if it opened in theaters. Would right. it also, would it have disappointed if it was in theaters? Because everyone is so streaming focused. Right. Like, especially for comedy And, and like everything. for a family comedy. Like, yeah. are you comfortable bringing your kids to the theater? It's different than like you just going. Especially a millennial comedy. Because yes. millennials are see, like our age group, they are seeing movies Absolutely. on streaming. Except for my little self in that theater, just seeing <laughs> everything. So, right. so 
I guess that's, I mean, I'm happy it's doing well because also now that really, really lights the green light for Sister Act 3. Mm, that's like, the thing. I bet they're excited to get that made now. Is it is it greenlit already? Has that movie it's, been? It's been greenlit, I think. Okay. Um, but I think now more so the producers are like, okay, Hocus Pocus 2 was a smash. Nice. People will be wanting to see Sister Act 3 probably on streaming. Right. Which is, which is disappointing, <laughs> but whatever. Right. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited. I haven't watched Hocus Pocus 2 yet just because I don't have Disney Plus, but my friend... I have a login. I, I also have my friend's login. Oh, well, there you go. I'll, I'll use both of yours and I'll see which one I like better. <laughs> I like um, that. And because, so I'm excited to watch Hocus Pocus 2. I, Hocus Pocus is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I am just so thrilled and excited. And people are like, it's really fun and really great. And I'm like, well, that's what the first movie is. So I hope you enjoy great. every frame of it. I will. And you can tell me how it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but more for me, mm-hmm. the new Super Mario Brothers teaser trailer came out. That's for you. With Jack Black as Bowser and Chris Pratt as Mario. And I think um, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. They both pop up in the trailer. Okay. Um, I think it looks good. The animation looks very much in keeping with the uh, video game itself. So it's not going to have to go through a Sonic revamp, if everyone remembers what happened there. I will say, we've heard Mario talk... <laughs> For a long time. And I don't know if now, and you can tell me as an Italian, is the offensive. Like, the, it's a me, Mario. Like, is that, do you find that offensive? Uh, no. No. That, like, they're, like, people have accents. Well, it's fine. in lieu of an accent, Chris Pratt has decided, which, and he kind of beforehand, he was like, oh my God, my voice from Mario, you guys are going to blow your, blow your load. He didn't say it like that, but essentially, <laughs> I'm using straight boy language. Uh, like, it's going to be crazy. Like, I really worked so hard on that. He's just talking like himself. <laughs> Oh, is he really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I He's didn't watch like, the trailer. Wow, here we go. And it's like, who is that? <laughs> that is not my Mario. Wait, not even like an Italian American accent, like maybe, Jersey Shore. Oh, not less than Jersey Shore. It's a, like oh. a slight, like maybe a slight Italian accent. Well, I don't want to have sex with that Mario. I just okay. You don't need to be having sex with any Mario. Listen, <laughs> if it's an Italian and he's got some sort of accent, I'm I'm on board. Well, I just want. I mean, I'm going to of course see the film. I'm excited about it. I'm a Mario head through and through. But like, was that the best we could do? <laughs> like, so, there could have been someone involved being like, you can do better than this. It just was a little. It felt lazy. You would never. We all heard your fucking vocal reel. Oh, darling, on Instagram, and you oh. would have never gotten in that booth and been like, "Hi, it's Matt Steele. It's a me, Mario." Like, <laughs> no way, no way. Wow. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe there's an artistic choice for it, much like some of the artistic choices in Oklahoma, in sexy Oklahoma <laughs> that you yes. saw. Like, maybe the director was like, "We're going to do something a little different for a specific reason to highlight the the darkness of the writing of the original Mario." Mm. Uh, maybe. I don't like it. I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, Taylor Swift has revealed her full track listing for the album Midnight's coming out in what? Two and a half weeks at this point? Yeah. Uh, The track listing features tracks like Lavender Haze, Maroon, Antihero, Snow on the Beach featuring Lana Del Rey, You're on Your Own Kid, Midnight Rain, Question, Vigilante (laughs) Shit, Bejeweled, Labyrinth, Karma, Sweet Nothing, Mastermind. 13 tracks. I'm excited to hear it. I'm glad it's under the pop genre. The titles make me a little nervous, but we'll all see... Uh, you should visit Two Gay Mats on YouTube the night of uh, October 21st at midnight. We'll be there listening to the album live first time through, and I hope to love it. I hope to love it as I well. It. I keep sticking to my guns and saying, like, I think I will because it, the stories are personal. I like that. And the concept is so specific. Those titles are very... Uh, vague and ethereal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like, oh, are we going to be a little 
a, a broader headspace we here. Could be. Like a, I, I, I know Lana is featured on the album as well. Maybe this is a, a very Lana-ish album, which mm. we know Taylor loves Lana. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um. Okay. <laughs> oh, you've, I feel like you're you're shook. You're so I'm nervous. Sh- I'm shook, but I I I I want to hope for the best. That's what I want to do. You know, in this world, that's all we. That's can all we do, can do is hope for the best. Lastly, I just want to say I don't even want to talk about the dumb shit Kanye West said this week, but just guys, I continue to say this: we have to stop giving that man attention. He is a garbage. He can both be mentally sick and going through things mentally, and being and also a piece of shit. And he has shown us that he is both. He has nothing to offer the culture. His shoes are ugly. His music is bad now. He should go get the help he needs and like raise his kids as much as he can. The, uh, he makes me sick. He makes my skin crawl. I hate him so much. Even if he is sick. All right. <laughs> I, I am wishing everyone peace. Oh, I wish us and, peace by him. Peace of mind. My peace of mind will be given if he stops speaking publicly. Or ever. Okay. <laughs> Done. Right. Wasn't... What? Any other news for you? Oh, I was about to say, wasn't there something that like the people were like, do you want to talk about this in the chat? If so, I forgot. Do you remember? I forgot it myself. Well, well. we're going to take a quick break uh, and we'll be back soon with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. I All think right. I'm ready. Okay. This is Email My Heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com to yes. spell T-W-O. Or if you are watching this video on YouTube, you can comment below and it might get read and it might not, but <laughs> it might get read. Uh, so this email comes to us from Maxwell. Maxwell says, it's Mariah season. Matt, is it? Like... <laughs> It's not Christmas yet. She would say not yet, but... I would say yes. Well, every season's Mariah Singh yes. season, but like... Uh, Matt, just realized it's been a couple months since I shot you both an email, and I had a thought that I realized I haven't asked you guys. Before I do that, I just wanted to thank you both for creating a community of joy and positivity and love for everyone. Being a patron and an active member of the Discord chat not only makes me feel like I've gotten to know the two of you on a more personal level, but that I now have a community of complete strangers that I get to call friends. Plug the Patreon here. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon. Yes, and you can pa- be a part of our Discord. Patreon.com slash 2 mats. I truly cannot be more thankful, and I just thought I'd let you both know how much I truly appreciate the caring environment you guys create. Thank you, Maxwell. That's that so kind. Uh, now for my question. As fall comes around, mm. from this point on of the year, I feel myself listening to Mariah more than any other artist. And I was curious of her 19 immaculate, pristine, iconic, amazing, all other Lady Gaga mean adjectives inserted here. Number ones, which ones would be your top five? It goes as follows for me. Always be my baby, number one. All I want for Christmas is you, number two. Three, fantasy. Four, honey. Five, love takes time. Can't wait to hear your input on the most pressing issue of the week. <laughs> okay, I might have exaggerated just a tiny bit, so I might. So much love for the both of you, always. You start. I need to think. <laughs> um. Okay, number one, I would say fantasy. Okay, original remix. I grew up listening to the original. I know. I, I understand the re- but the, the remix does that count as going number one? Or does it all it was count all, as one, I think, in my one? head it's all a thing. Okay, okay. I have the respect for the remix, but in in my head as a child, I just always heard that chorus. And right. I, was like, mm. I get it. Um number two, always be my baby. Mm. I would say number three, my all. Oh, I mean, every song you say, I'm going to get really excited about. No! But. 
But my <laughs> Thank all. God I found you. Whoa! <laughs> Maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Uh-huh. Um, damn, what would be my number four? We belong together. Ooh. I would say. And number five. Uh, I'm trying to go through. This all is a of very them. good list. I'm just, I know. I'm trying to go through all of them in my head. Oh, jeez. Yes, so um, um, uh, would it be Vision of Love? Maybe. TikTok sweets. I don't is, know. Uh, I'm so sorry. We'll come back. To come. You. We'll come back to what my number five would be. I'm going to. Um, this is very hard for me. I don't know if that's clear <laughs> or unclear. I am currently wearing a Mariah Carey t-shirt. I love her more than any artist ever. Number one. I would have to say Always Be My Baby. I think it's just a perfect song. There are, it's And it's also timeless. It's one that's grown in importance and I feel like is more in the ether now than even it was when she put it out. It also was the one that turned me into like, oh, I'm a fan of this woman to like, oh, no, I love her with my whole heart. Okay. Always Be My Baby. Um, I would then say my all number two. I think then I would say fantasy after that. Okay. Um, I then would say we belong together number four. Okay. I know we're tying at number four. And then number five. Let's think. Let's think. Um, oh, see, it's hard. It is hard. What have you got in your number five? I have. Let's hear it. Okay, so my number five, I think personally I would pick emotions. Okay. That's my number five. However, because I want to make Mariah happy. <laughs> I know that she adores Don't Forget About Us. She and does. she gets angry when you forget about it. So Mariah Carey, Don't Forget About Us will be my number five for you. That's I did that for you, Mariah. Very kind. I think number five, I have to go with Dream Lover. Mm, I feel like it's just, it's the prequel to the fantasies, to the heartbreakers. Like it's her first, I'm going to do a big, I mean, I guess emotions was a big pop thing itself, but it wasn't. In the same way as Dream Lover was. It's just so singable. It's so light. It is so put your top down on a sunny day. You would put Dream Lover over Heartbreaker. Because you love I do love Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. So I'm very shocked that you're putting Dream Lover over Heartbreaker. Dream Lover to me has a bit more nostalgia yes. attached to it. So I will. So like Dream Lover and Hero have so much nostalgia. Yes. Me, so it's like hard not to put them in my top five. Right. Um, but yeah. So so are you putting Dream Lover over Heartbreaker? You also love I Don't Want to Cry. I do, but I mostly love the Tokyo Dome live version she did in 96, which is better than the album version. I would say the, it's Dream Lover, I Don't Want to Cry, and Heartbreaker are all closest next. And I think I have to go with, at least for today, Dream Lover. She's going to be angry. She hates that flannel. She <laughs> hates that flannel. My hey. number five officially made her more happy than your number five. I don't know that it did. She always points out that Dream Lover is one of the first songs that she has that has a very subtle hip hop sample in it. And okay. so she has respect for that song. I didn't say hero. <laughs> She's going to still <laughs> like me. I didn't say hero. <laughs> and the thing is, All I Want for Christmas is You, I weirdly think of it as its own thing. Like, it's like, of course I love that song. Of course it's one of her most perfect songs. But it's like almost like its own world of music, which is weird because it's one song. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't think it, I can't compare with her, you know, non-seasonal material. Okay, yeah. All right? yeah. All right. Woo. Did we have an, I don't know if we had another question here. So I let's, don't know if we had any other questions. Let's jump in. We can move on. We Matt can jump Steele. In. 
What has been giving you moments, darling? Um, I mean, I already talked about bros, but I also want to add some other things that I loved about bros. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Those sex scenes, like that oh. sex scene between the two of them. Hilarious. I haven't laughed harder in a theater in so long. It's just like the stupid shit that they were doing to each other, like stick, like sticking the fingers in the mouths and like just like the like, I'm just going to like flex for you. It's just like, this is so, so funny hilarious hilarious like there are so many parts like you just you just need to see it and tell everyone you know to see it like it's it's so funny and it's it was so refreshing to see a comedy on the it's been so long since i've seen a comedy like on the big screen that i'm like laughing all the way through and just applause for the entire cast like the a bunch of people are criticizing like oh there aren't enough like huge like stars in the movie and it's mm. like that's something admirable right that's something that Billy Eichner was like no I could have easily cast these huge giant names in there to like be a box office draw but I'm not I'm going to like support all of these people and give them these good roles in my fucking great movie Hello. so like applause and hats off to that. So the other movie I saw on Friday was uh, this year's Palme d'Or winner called Triangle of Sadness, mm. which if you've seen the trailer, the trailer is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> um, it's, I've seen that. It is with, yeah. Uh, I've seen that. It's basically like a three-part uh, story that the first part is very quick. It's about this like model couple and they're just like arguing about men and women's roles in dating and everything. Oh my God. And then they go, the second part is they go on this luxury yacht vacation situation. Okay. And that's the longest part. And it's basically the dynamic between all of these people who are filthy rich, like (laughs) insanely rich. And you know, the people who are just, you know, regular workers on a cruise, like from the, the maintenance people to the maids, to the chefs, to everything. Um, and their dynamic together. And then this isn't a spoiler. You will see in the tra- in most of the trailer is basically a bunch of people throwing up on each other. Yeah. And there's a whole sequence where like the boat starts, hits a storm and uh, like all the rich people are just throwing up on each other and just like, it's catastrophic and hilarious and ridiculous. And, um, the requests that these rich people have are just so funny. Cause the thing I loved about the movie is, um, it didn't portray these rich people as these horrible people. Like they're very like sweet people right. who mean like so well, but you can just tell that they exist on a different plane <laughs> 100%. as the workers on the ship. And so they want to, they do these ridiculous things like, Oh, we want all of the uh, the workers on the ship to like take part in like the the water slide. So everyone has to like leave their post and leave their jobs and put on their bathing suits and like <laughs> go on the water slide. And all the rich people are like, "Yay, they're having fun!" Like it's so funny. And this then it, sounds like a fictionalized version of a Bravo show I never got into, Below Deck. Like it's because that's really? all about like, oh, we're chartering these guests and like they're all horrible rich people and mm-hmm. we're just the workers on the ship and we have to do what we're told. Yeah, it's it's hilarious and. And, and the, the ensemble is really great. There's a third act after something happens on the boat that I'm not going to spoil. But basically, suddenly, like, dynamics change mm. and different people now are hold a different position of power. And um, the performances are really, really fantastic. There's a great actress named uh, Charlby Dean who plays the young model girl who was really fantastic and just like such an iconic performance because she really is the face of the movie I feel Mm. and she unfortunately um, 
like horribly, sadly passed away at the end of August. Like, oh my gosh. Very suddenly um, after like a very, very quick illness. And so she is fantastic in the movie. Um, everyone is really great. There is a performance by an actress named Dolly DeLeon who plays a maid on the ship and she really doesn't do anything until the third act. Mm. But damn, she owns the movie at the end of the third, like in the third act. It's really, really entertaining and, and fun. And like, there's an element of, it's a beautiful mix of like silly and serious. And I found it just watchable from beginning to end. So I, I was very excited to see it. I'm excited to see other movies next week. Like I'm seeing tar next week. Oh, I've heard a lot about tar. I'm seeing tar. I know the whale is coming out soon, which I'm really excited about. It's Oscar season guys. So it's a great time for you. It's a great time. <laughs> it's a great for me. time for you. It's different from Big Brother season because even though I will be talking about movies from here on out for the next several months, <laughs> at least they will all be different movies. I know. I think it'll be exciting for yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. So Matt Palmer, what was giving you moments this week? Uh well, I finished the first season of The White Lotus, which mm-hmm. was good timing because the second season comes out on October 30th. Okay. And there's a trailer and it's all new people essentially, except Jennifer Coolidge is back. And this time they're gonna be in Italy instead of being in Hawaii. Um is she playing the same character, do she you know? Is. Or is she, she okay. is. Uh, so I must say that this is a brilliant piece of television, even though if it was very tough to watch at points, I feel like Mike White is touching on issues of race and class in a very smart way. Like the people that come and vi- it's kind of a little bit like the movie we were talking about, the like rich white people who come to this island where, you know, they, people of Hawaii are like putting on shows for them every night and everyone who works at the resort is at their beck and call. It definitely is uh, highlighting that, that dynamic and even mm-hmm. the dynamics within the rich, rich people and their relationships with one another. But it's very much about like the staff versus the people there. And like as it starts, um, our main guy, Armand, who's played by Murray Bartlett, mm-hmm. uh, is kind of telling um, Natasha Rothwell, the other people, or actually he's telling this one girl who actually ends up having a baby in that first episode whatever like you want to basically be invisible and just be a smiling face like don't get too personal with the guests you're just there to assist and help with them and a lot of times over the course of these six episodes that does not happen the guests and the uh, employees that work there get tied up and in different circumstances with one another and it's just it's tough. Like, mm-hmm. it's tough. The last episode is like an hour, 20 minutes. Like, these are like movies, essentially. And just to see the dynamics, it's kind of like a gross look at classism and racism and colonialism and how all of that comes to head on this island. It's really done masterfully, but it was also like, ooh, like, ooh, the world's kind of gross. What a <laughs> good like, time. You know, you know, it wasn't like, um, Requiem for a dream level where I had to watch like nine episodes of Friends to cleanse my palate, but it certainly <laughs> is one of those. It like hits was, it, was like, it as hard as Dark Oklahoma? Was <laughs> it as deep and serious as Dark Oklahoma? It, I was less annoyed by it. <laughs> if that's what you're asking, but yes, no, I uh, it, it hits you. It hits you like a ton of bricks. And but I would recommend it. It is good. It is impactful. I think it works. Uh, it very well. Obviously, it's won like every Emmy that it was available to win. Yeah, but. I'm excited for this next season, but I'm also excited for two weeks away from the White Lotus and its staff and the patrons there because I need a break from... It's like 
weirdly almost like claustrophobic like the relationships they have with each other they're in these tiny like when the guests are there in their little bedrooms which are kind of palatial and also Molly Shannon is amazing in it of course she, she is but it's like she's so opposite of like her characters but I usually think of her as being playing like a very likable character like on the other two she is mm. the mother and is so winning and likable and you love her so much and she still brings that energy but she's just like vile like she is just Great. vile and I just I recommend you watch it I don't want to give too much away uh, because it could you know I want it to be as surprising for you but every moment as it was for me um, but I, I did I did enjoy it even though it was tough it was I mean tough. that's fine sometimes art is tough some art is an easy guy you know and that's what bros is all about <laughs> and that guys as bros taught us art yes. is not easy but keep making it even if it's hard even if no one watches I, even if no one watches because that's not what it's about it's not about what and I guess everyone watched the White Lotus so Mike White did great <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you need to tell the people? I don't think so. It's just that I love all of you and I wish all of you the best. Yes, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. And we'll be back next week with more 2K Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.